This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Welcome to this. Let's get ready for Sunday night football at Arrowhead edition of Defending the Kingdom. And by the way, a reminder that our uh, Defending the Kingdom show and our podcast network is brought to you by the limited edition 360 Vodka Chiefs Commemorative Bottle, now available in stores. 360 Vodka is Kansas City's hometown vodka and the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. Your game day cocktails, game night cocktails in this instance, are covered with 360 Vodka. Grab a bottle for your next tailgate or watch party, which would be this Sunday night against the Indianapolis Colts. Mitch Holtis with you, voice of the Chiefs, and 10-year National Football League veteran, the barber shop, the shop, Sean Barber. All right, Sunday night football is the now centerpiece stage of the league. The whole league has already played, but then they kind of exhale and, like, who's on? Mm -hmm. But I talked to Andy Reid earlier this week about it. It's actually a showcase of a lot of things. And for the Chiefs, it's almost a showcase of their entire program, meaning guys in equipment, guys in training, guys that are a quality control on the staff. Their families all know that the Chiefs are on Sunday night. Here it is, bright lights, showcase, handling that, and uh, doing it in a proper way. Man, um, even coming to the stadium today, having a chance to see the trucks unload, the 18-wheelers, Sunday night football, Tafoya, and all the, the list of all the crew members are going to be there. Um, it was amazing. I started to get a little goosebumps. I'm um, just watching the, the 18-wheelers, the trucks unload in the parking lot as they prepare. Um, but you, you mentioned it, man. Uh, Sunday night football, it's only one game on the stage on a national level. All eyes on me. Um, um, family, friends, you have everybody tuned in. Uh, they've, they've got their fix of all the uh, divisional games and all their fantasy things. All, all that is time to be put away from the noon games and the 4 o'clock games. And then everybody's eyes are on one game that night, Sunday night football, Chiefs versus Colts. It'll be amazing. So our first quarter here of our Defending the Kingdom podcast, dealing with the Sunday night lights. It's interesting the whole world now is watching, the NFL world is watching Patrick Mahomes, kind of glancing at him every week. Now all of a sudden, for the first time in 2019, they'll get two eyes on him. They want to absorb this guy. Uh, and I thought last week was a giant step for him to win a game like that. Quite honestly, it was very similar to the Colts game in the divisional playoff mm-hmm. last year. No touchdown passes. He had to be patient. He had, he had a rushing touchdown in that game. Uh, but for Patrick Mahomes... Showtime on a Sunday night. Showtime. In Showtime Mahomes, uh, Pat Mahomey. Uh, he has so many nicknames around here in the kingdom, uh, but we know him by QB15. Um, he's the big ticket. He's the, he's all the prayers and hopes of this uh, Chiefs Kingdom season, uh, making the championship run kind of relies on his arm and his dedication and his uh, his leadership abilities at the quarterback position. Um, he's done an amazing job of accepting the role of a uh, the quarterback of the number one offense in the NFL, and he's done with, he's done with su- such humility. 
He's done it with such a, such a humble nature. Um, he makes things look so easy. It's hard to say, oh, Pat Mahomes is the uh, you know player of the week or the player of the month because when he's out there, he he makes it look so easy. It's it's effortless. It's sometimes you 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 wonder, is he really trying that hard? I mean, he he making it look so easy the way he's carving up these uh, other professional defenses and, and making other guys look bad. But uh, Sunday night, uh, we're gonna light up the stadium. Hashtag light up Arrowhead. Uh, it's something everybody needs to be searching to make sure you have your uh, your Arrowhead app up. Make sure you listen to BJ Kissel. He'll he'll show you how to download the right features to make sure that you're ready. Because if you're a fan and you're in the kingdom and you're at the stadium, um, it's going to be an amazing light show um, using your mobile devices. So we want to make sure we really uh, come prepared to really light up the stadium. Yeah, that light show is going to be cool. I've seen the prototype. You see what Tennessee basketball has done with it. It will be a memorable night, something you've never seen before at Arrowhead Stadium, but you get to participate. Make sure you got the app and then follow the instructions. Uh, but talking about Mahomes, the other thing that I've enjoyed about him recently has been he's not chasing stats. No. I mean, Shop, I almost drove off the road. We landed coming back from Detroit after that <laughs> game, and I'm listening to the national people as I'm driving home, and they're saying, what a bad game for Mahomes. Didn't have a touchdown pass. I drove off the road. I'm just going to go fight these people. Like, what are you talking about? He just won a tough game and just drove his team Yes. T- uh, two minutes to get the game-winning touchdown. I said my first 24 years of my brief 26 years as the voice of the Chiefs, I got hit all the time. You left too much time on the clock for it. Fill it in the black. Elway, oh, I don't know, Peyton Manning, oh, Tom Brady. You left too much time. Now the Chiefs have the quarterback. The teams are leaving too much time. Social media – uh, when we saw the Detroit uh, Lions score, we had a, a set of fans giving each other high fives because they realized it was two minutes, 20 seconds left for their guy to have the ball with a chance to either tie it up or take the lead. The kingdom did not shake it up. I don't think anybody who was a Chiefs fan watching that game against the Lions thought for one second that there was any chance that the Chiefs were going to lose that game on that last drive. They had so much faith in their quarterback. Um, And like you said, national media – Pat has set his own standards so high, sometimes it's hard for him to even reach his own uh, level of success. But he says it since training camp. He's focused on one thing this season, wins. Whatever it takes to win the ball game, if he wins more games than last year, that will be him uh, progressing and growing as a quarterback. And he knows there's some drives he, he feels like he left some on the field. He says there's, there's, there's room for growth in his game, even on an MVP season. Yeah, but he showed some big ears, big stones in that game, and I loved it because it was a non-stat win. And people just look at it from fantasy football perspective, too. They had Mahomes, I need touchdown passes. I didn't get any. What happened to him? No, he just led his team down the field, and I'm with you. It's a big change in the kingdom. Now, instead of feeling wily coyote like the amble's going to fall on you, you know with that much time, the dude's going to go down and win it. All right. The Chiefs will not be the only team on this uh, Sunday night showcase stage who will be ready. The Indianapolis Colts, to me, will be ready. A peculiar year so far. They're 2-2. Two and two. Are they really close to 0-4? Are they really close to being 3-1? and one? And that Raider game, to me, was an outlier last week. That just that stunned me. But this is a tough football team that has circled this date uh, ever since the NFL schedule came out because they remember what happened mm-hmm. here in January when the Chiefs beat them in a divisional playoff 31-13. to Yeah, that, 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 that coach, is a, he's, not, he's not a disciple of Andy Reid, but he might want to be called a distant, distant cousin because he, <laughs> he, he has so many uh, – you know, he came their GM the, is. I yes, mean, he was the, here for four yes, years. Yes, Chris, Chris Ballard, Ballard is. Um, but the head coach, man, he, he, he runs a lot of things. The offense is, is very similar um, after spending some time with the Eagles. 
Um, and out there, he's, he's kind of adopted that offense. Um, so it's a very high-potent offense. It's, if you got the right pieces. Um, but, it, you know, you know, they anchor on that offensive line. They just, they, they're so tough up front. They want to um, muddy the waters, beat you up up front, give them some time, and then let their receivers run. Um, but, yeah, that, that game against the Raiders, um, Raiders were, were coming in a little salty. Um, the Colts were having some, you know, they, they was fighting some, 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 some aches and pains. A couple guys, uh, T.Y. Hilton was missing uh, with a quad injury. Um, the all-pro uh, linebacker was missing, uh, Darius Leonard. Um, so that, that's two of their their captains. That that's their 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 big threat receiver. That's their defensive leader. Uh, it's kind of hard uh, facing a, a, a gritty Raiders team with with two of your your captains down. And they made it a ball game. Um, um, uh, uh, Brissett has been, um, I think, one of the brightest spots in the league as far as um, how he uh, took um, a, a bad a bad situation with. Uh, um, luck retiring before the season, you know, week way before the, the season about to start, and he's being thralled into starting position to lead this team that's prepared to win now. A team that came off of a playoff win, uh, I mean, a playoff, a playoff win against Houston, but then a loss against us, yep. and this team was prepared to make a run at it in 2019, and then the general uh, Andrew Luck retires on him, and he's forced to. Uh, bear the weight of a, a of the city of Indianapolis, and I think he's done a great job of doing that. Um, but you know, he's going to be coming here to the kingdom, and we have one thing: it's, it's one uh, that the first four games out, uh, we've closed the book on the first four weeks. That quarter of the season's over. Now it's week one of the second quarter. It's 0-0. We want to we want to get a great start to the second quarter, and you know, Andy Reid's done a great job of um, uh, getting the guys prepared for that. We've already morphed into the second quarter of this specific podcast, which is our Sunday night bright lights uh, defending the kingdom episode. But we're going to get into now to the Colt offense a little bit deeper. Yeah, um, Chris Ballard just—I knew when Luck retired, Chris Ballard was not going to let that team go. Oh well, I guess we'll be lousy now. I mean, they're going to rally around Jacoby Brissett. They traded for him from New England for a reason when Luck got hurt in 17. This guy mm-hmm. started – he started 15 games that year. Um, and when you look at it, he has as many touchdown passes as Pat Mahomes has. That's the stat of the podcast. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's got 10, so does Mahomes. But left tackle, Anthony Costanzo, first-round pick. Left guard, Quentin Nelson. Stud. Uh, stud. First-round pick, Notre Dame. Uh, made the Pro Bowl last year as a rookie. Center, Ryan Kelly, first-round pick. Yeah. And their right tackles, Braden Smith, the kid that played at Olathe South. Yeah, yeah, He's a kid. That, right? Yeah, well, and he went to Auburn. Oh, Auburn, he yeah. He went yeah. to Auburn, yeah. So, Olathe South kid. Oh, yeah, Olathe South, that's But he right. was a guard. They moved into tackle. But that now, they've got a lot of investment. And you mentioned dudes out. They didn't have T.Y. Hilton last week. Mm. And Chiefs fans will know all about T.Y. Hilton. He's gashed him in the past. But I'm going to bring up in the second quarter to you a guy that played 10 years in this league at linebacker, their run game. Yeah. Because to me, this Colts run game shop can hit you with a home run. Marlon Mack, 63-yard touchdown against the Chargers. Jordan Wilkins, 55-yard run. This isn't an 8- or 12-yard run waiting on you. This could go to the house from 70 or 80. Yeah, man, as a linebacker, it starts up front, though. It starts right in the trenches. Those guys up front, they don't, they don't, they don't just try to block the first guy. They block at every level. They're always climbing to the next level, trying to cut you off, trying to because they know the the, the theory, the philosophy about a a trap inside running game is that if we can make one guy miss and everybody upfield blocking, that's how you get twenty yard, thirty yard, forty yard rushing touchdowns. It's by those downfield home run blocks uh, that sets those running backs free. So at the line, they're they're very well coached. They they take the correct steps. 
um, um, they 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 get big on big, they get leverage, they get uh, you know get their rear ends in the hole to give their running back a a, a spot to cut off. But then when they when it when it gets up to that second level as a linebacker, you got to be so prepared to come downhill and 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 shed and uh, extend your arms and be able to go both ways and get off blockers and and then run to the football. And then those running backs they run so hard, um, they're not easy. They're not coming down easily. They uh, they break tackles. They spin. They um, they they do a great job of uh, even play action pass so you always feel like you got to uh, overplay the run uh, but when they do have the ball in their hand they've been making some really great I mean that's probably uh, Marlon Mack is probably one of the, the the guys one of the bright spots from the league a guy that um, if you do do fantasy and stuff like that you probably uh, you know he's probably the 30th or uh, yeah. uh, tw- you know late 20 uh, running backs because no one was going to be so sure how this Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts' run game was going to uh, um, kind of, you know, how it was going to develop. But, I mean, he's been so bright um, and, and been, you know, holding down the fort for the Indianapolis camp, uh, camp on that run game. Uh, just amazing uh, year so far by that young man. Yeah, Mac, he's got – he's fifth in the league in rushing or top five. So, I talk – I'm going to ask Coach about this in our pregame show on Sunday night because uh, I'm dying to ask him about it in detail because yeah. I talked to Spags about it earlier this week because this now segues in we're in our second quarter here of the defending the kingdom defending the Colt run games where we're at right now the tackling though I've seen from the Chiefs team tackling in the open field has improved dramatically it's, oh, it's like a 50 to 6 but then Spags goes well we work on it and he talks about the physics of tackling, like the angles yep. and my target point. And he's too many guys in this league try to tackle up high. Yeah. And it, this sounds like seventh grade. But honestly, right now, how much improvement have you seen in the Chiefs just tackling? Hey, man, it's a simple. Knock the pins out. Uh, I, I remember him telling me that when, uh, when I played for him in Philadelphia. Hey, man, some of these running backs, they're built different today. They, they, they're built to break tackles. They're wide. They have great balance. Um, if you go up top, they stiff arm you. They do all these things to get off of tackles. But – uh, you know, a running back, the foundation, what makes them go is their legs. And you got to find a way to knock those pins together and knock, knock them from under them uh, and make them hit the ground. Um, you know, we call it the Seahawk tackle. We, you know, we, we, he pulls guys out of the drills every day to have them do uh, one-on-one tackling things, different ways to fine-tune a guy's um, uh, skill level, his technique. Um, anything he sees in the film, he, he'll address it right away so you don't want bad habits to get worse and become missed tackles. So angles to the ball, we call it like a banana angle. You know, if you if you if you you take an angle to the ball, which you close the line of scrimmage first, and then you get wide instead of going wide first. Uh, when you go wide first, if you get head up on the offensive guy, you missed. Mm-hmm. Every great running back would love to go one on one when when you get head up on them. But if you stay inside out, stay inside out, chase that inside shoulder, uh, use that banana technique as you. Um, as a path to get to the running back. Um, that, that increases your tackle level, um, your efficiency as far as whatever pro football focus or any other um, um, analytics you want to use. Um, you see it on the field. You see the way our guys tackle when they run to the ball inside out. Um, the D-line is doing their job, penetrating. We make that, that brick wall, that picket fence, um, not defending on different levels. Um, and when, you, when, you, when we do what we're supposed to do, um, it's tackle for loss, tackle for no gain. Um, what we've, we've, we've struggled with sometimes is when we play pass first, we've been getting gashed a little bit with the um, inside traps, draws, screen, things like that um, that come up in the uh, stats as, as, as runs sometimes um, when we're not, when we're not uh, fully prepared for it. 
So we're at halftime here of our uh, Defending the Kingdom uh, Sunday Night Showcase, Sunday Night Lights Showtime uh, podcast. So grab a get you quick. It's 12 minutes, right? But in that podcast, it's 1.2 seconds. There you go, 1,001. Boom, we're going to the third quarter. And I want to ask about this Indianapolis defense. As I've studied them, you know, you look at them statistically, and the, the great card doesn't add up to the talent right now. Mm-hmm. When you look at them, they struggle in third down defense. They've struggled in the red zone at the bottom of the league in red zone defense, like almost 80% touchdowns against them, and it doesn't add up. There's a ton of talent on this defense, and I think they're foaming at the bit to be on Sunday night football yeah. against Mahomes. That's what I'm sensing. So now you're going to face a motivated opponent that wants to prove themselves. It's a different scheme. It's the old Tampa 2 scheme. Go back to the, the Buccaneers. Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Yeah. Uh, Monty Kiffin. Yes, sir. You know, that's the dude that kind of maybe put it together. But uh, the point here is in this Tampa 2. But the numbers don't add up. But I want to ask you about up front because they love to play two big guys, Marcus Hunt and Danico Autry, right on the shoulder of the center. What does that do for Austin Ryder, positively and negatively? Man, it's tough to um, to, to to block this. It's like a double nose, right? Double zero techniques. Um, you shade both ends of the center. He doesn't know who's penetrating, who's rapping. He doesn't know uh, if they're slanting, stunting. Um, just you know, just to add that type of pressure on a guy who's who. First of all, he has to snap the ball. Yep. And we know, you know, we run a whole lot of shotgun. Um, any anytime you have that much pressure right on you as a center, it gets something else on your mind. You might forget a blocking scheme, or you might forget you know a count or something like that. Um, so they, they they put guys right, you know, two guys hot and heavy on you to really get in your ear um, and put a lot of pressure on you in that position. Um, and we talk about that Tampa too, like you know, Dungey brought it to Indy and they've kept it there since they got there. Um, it's one of those bend don't break. And like you said, the numbers, it, it, it makes you confused because that bend don't break, you're supposed to be really great in the red zone. You give up a whole bunch of yardage, keep the offense snapping plays so you can try to make fumbles, make interceptions. Um, you give up three, four yards of play. But once you get to the 30, 20-yard line, that's when you bow your back up, your back's against the wall, and you try to hold them to a field goal. They've been just the opposite. I mean, once you got into the 20, they've been – it's almost been a cakewalk, 70-some percent into the um, end zone for – for their defense in that red zone, um, that just doesn't fit the nature of the the skill level of the guys we know they have lining up there. So, um, and then like you said, you know, being able to um, go against Pat Mahomes, um, if there's ever a chance for a defense to to show the world, to show the nation that they are for real, they're serious, there's something to be reckoned with. Um, you want it on national TV against Mahomes. Um, you want to be able to show the nation that um, against the best quarterback in the league is when our defense will rise up and be the best. Yeah, so big will be the inactives at 6 o'clock. These are going to be game-time decisions because a part of the cold issue has been injuries. Darius Leonard's a stud, defensive rookie of the year last year at linebacker. We saw him in the playoffs. The secondary is where we're going to be most interested to see. Malik Hooker, Clayton Gathers, both starting safeties could be out. That means that Quincy Wilson uh, may have to rotate in there, but their, their corners are good. Kenny Moore, the second, had a good game against Kansas City last year in the, uh, the playoffs. But I'm gonna. You brought up Ryder in the middle of that offensive line. I ask you about him. But I'm also seeing guys doing a good job. The guards, like why? Last week, Lude Duvernay Tardif at the point of attack, stoning <laughs> dudes. Or otherwise, you know, again, it wasn't pretty boy football. But Darrell Williams now is growing, man. He's growing in our front of our eyes. But you can't grow if I don't have my legs, your pins, as you talk to. But I'm seeing dudes. Our guys, stoning guys, right at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Andy Heck got a, you know, Coach Heck takes a lot of credit for that. His offensive line is one of the toughest, um, you know, you don't don't see him with these high grades coming out of college. They're not the uh, highly uh, um, um, 
recruited and, and, and high draft picks. But once they get here, um, LTD and, and Fish and um, um, Cam, and every, when they get into this system, they, get, they, 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 they work with them. They work on their fundamentals, and they're able to make adjustments on the fly and, and work with Pat, and protect the pocket, and, and create run scenes um, um, for, for both of the Williams and for Shady McCoy. Um, I mean, you look at the way our rushing attack has evolved since the beginning of the season, and it's and it's kind of like, all right, we had a slow start, slow start, then boom, 140 yards against Raiders, boom, um, um, hitting Detroit for touchdowns, and, you know, getting inside the two yard line, um, not getting not giving up that point of attack penetration. Everybody knew it was going to be a run, and we don't get into a power back with Sherman. No, we run the same RPO, we run the, the same off tackle. Um, um, I'm utilizing Shady McCoys and Williams, they, they have such great vision. From a, from from a running back position, um, you it's like you can't be right as a linebacker. If 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 the hole is supposed to be the C gap and you go to the C gap, where well, they go, where well, you vacate it. And if you come downhill, then they they stay true and they got an extra um, uh, extra blocker for where you're supposed to be. So um, you kind of you know damned if you did and damned if you don't as a linebacker. So you just gotta penetrate and put your, your, your you know put your uh, ears down and, and just try to hope that um, the guys at the point of attack are holding their are holding the fort so that when you um, you know blitz that backside B gap or, or take on that A gap that um, you can you can hold the Chiefs for, a, you know, a, a short game. But the guys up front, you can't um, – Indian, Indianapolis, is there two, there are two studs in the middle. That's going to be the anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they expect everybody just to fly around, uh, play simple coverages, um, you know, bring a simple – you know, every once in a while this nickel blitz come off the edge, play a zone behind it and see if you can pick up the blitz but get the ball out of Pat Mahomes' hands and then rally to the football, try to create turnovers. Um, that's what they do. It's very simplistic, um, but they've been doing it, um, you know, historically been doing it really well. Yeah, I'm Justin Houston will be foaming at the mouth too. He's oh. now plays for the Colts. You know him. He'll be yeah. – He's he can't wait to play this game. He's wearing 99 now, not 50, because Anthony Walker, the middle linebacker, wore number 50. Before we go to the fourth quarter of this Defending the Kingdom podcast, though, I do want to bring up something I've noticed as well. We talked at the very beginning of the podcast about Pat Mahomes showing toughness mm-hmm. and it just continues to grow. doesn't need big stats to, to make tough plays and win a game like last week over Detroit. But this receiving core, and I'm going to throw Kelsey in there, he has made some tough catches now. I go back to Pringle's catch. That's as tough as it gets. Now, Mahomes put the ball. He, like, sewed the football to his inner blood vessel of his forearm. <laughs> but D-Rob... I'm seeing D-Rob make catches. Pringles catch last week. Uh, Hardman's learning. Same with Sammy, but Kelsey, too. That's like you're catching the ball, and Floyd Mayweather is waiting there with your pugil stick to beat you like a drum when you catch it. I'm seeing dudes now grow yeah. in toughness in catching the football. Man, You know, the great thing about Pringle is that it wasn't a week's work or work that put into that catch. It was a whole season. It was yeah. last year's training camp. Yeah, two coming seasons, up injury, year and a half. this year's training camp, and finally had a chance to get on the field in a crucial last drive of a game and having your number being called. There was no way that young man wasn't going to catch that ball and try as hard as to get in the end zone. He wouldn't have cared if a Mack truck came and hit him and tried to declete de- him from that ball. He wasn't going to let go of that ball, and he wasn't going get, to get, get, get stopped outside the five-yard line. He, w- he was a man with, on, a, on a mission, with a purpose, but it was all the sacrifice 
from as long as he's been a part of this program, just waiting for his time to get on the field and shine. And we see it, this player after player, we, we call it the next man up, uh, people stepping up. Uh, with, with, with Cheater being down for a few weeks, we've had a different guy each week. First week it was Sammy Watkins. Then it was McCole Hartman. Then it was D-Rob. This time it was Pringle in crunch time. And collectively, whenever they're asked to do something, that receiver core as a group of guys have played so big. You know, we can include Kelsey as a receiver because that's what he does best. Mm-hmm. But then that, that collective five or six players have been such an awesome weapon for the kingdom to use. And Pat Mahomes has said, if you listen to the franchise, all we got to do is what we do. If we do what we do, nobody can stop our offense. And I think those guys, they not only believe it, they bleed it. They're willing to go out there, blood, sweat, and tears, do whatever they got to do, do their jobs to get their, to, 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 to progress that ball first down, first down, and then the opportunity for a touchdown. And that's what they've been doing. Yeah, if you, you can argue if Pringle doesn't make that play, it's a field goal and we're going to overtime, that became the winning play to set up the winning play. Um, now we go to the fourth quarter of the Defending the Kingdom podcast, Chiefs and Colts with the Sunday night bright lights shining on this game. And this will be an entertaining game for the world to watch. Uh, what was your last year at the University of Richmond? Oh, Lord. Uh, 19, 18. <laughs> 1853. Hmm, well, uh, a lot ni- of stuff ni- happened about uh, eight years later. 1990. Seven, I think, was my last season there. All right, let's get this. Put this in perspective. Your senior, your junior year at the University of Richmond mm. was Adam Vinatieri's first year in the National Football League. Oh man, he's this Colt kicker, so long. twenty-four years at forty-six years of age. You're around with Morton Anderson, who's with the Chiefs, I think. I mean, twenty-four years in this league. It leads me to special teams. Yeah, and. Um, the Colts now, let's be honest, in the divisional playoff victory by the Chiefs, thirty-one thirteen. People kind of forget. Well. The block punt. Almost. Yeah. gap Boom. Block punt touchdown Colts right before the half. That could have flipped the game a could little have, bit. Yeah. Splash plays in special teams. And I know Dave Tobe is working like heck. He's kind of had to put things together like heck, Andy Heck. He's putting like splashing things together personnel-wise and scheme-wise. But – you're just hoping, waiting that there's going to be some splash plays on defense. And that may doesn't be a return. It could be block kicks. These Colt guys, they got uh, the dude, uh, Donico Autry, lines up right on the nostril mm-hmm. of the, of the uh, center. He's got eight block kicks the past six years. That's the best in the league. Marcus Hunt had 17 block kicks when he was in college at SMU. So a block kick can be a splash play. Yeah, we talk about field position. It's, it's, something, it's something to coach Dave Tobe. Uh, preaches on on a daily basis. Um, when they have an t- opportunity to go cover a kick, whether it's punt, kickoff, whatever it is, the starting field position that you put the other team's offense on is such a direct correlation to their ability to score. If you're a defense and you're walking towards their end zone to start your uh, defensive stand, you, you, you just feel better. Uh, having to walk toward the middle of the field, your own end, sometimes it, it makes you feel a little bit. Hey, man, we gotta, we can't give up. We can't even give up a, a first down, or they're already in field goal range. You can't give up anything. That's a lot of pressure for a defense to be up under. But um, when they're starting inside the fifteen yard line or the twenty, and you know you got a lot of field to work with, you can do some things creatively. Um, it opens up the defensive playbooks for the coordinator. It opens up the calls. Let the guys play with a little bit more swagger. Um, that that's the type of defense we want to see. Um, on, on, on Sunday night, not not playing with your, your rectum all tight because you're scared of giving up a point or a play or the guys throwing up uh, jump balls in the end zone because you're so close to the end zone. Uh, but those splash plays, when it comes to the special teams, um, we got to be lights out in special teams. 100% kickoffs, 100% coverage, 100% field goals. Um, every punt, 
you know, uh, in, in when we can, we got the man for it. We just got to give him an opportunity to do it. Dustin Cole quit, you know, historically he's probably one of the best kickers at not only putting you inside the 20, but putting you inside the 10-yard line, which is a, a Picasso-esque art um, at, 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 in its own right. Uh, but as you said, it's going to be such an important part of the game. Is we call it flipping the field. And uh, I've noticed, too, with the Chiefs, there's almost sometimes they're trying too hard, like trying to get a big return. Like you see Dat, like I'm going to take this, and you're like, yeah, maybe a fair catch right here. It's that fine line or penalties, the block in the oh, back. Yeah. We've seen a ton of those, like just one more thing, maybe I'll spring it loose. And there's almost like uh, just has some freedom here. Just just play, get a gain. Um, Hardman fumbling at the end of the kickoff return to start the yep. third quarter last week. Those are effort-type plays, but sometimes too much effort can be destructive in a special teams play. Oh, and it's, and it, it, it's magnified because our offense is so explosive. Yep. Once the, once once uh, Ryder and Pat Mahomes have their hand on the ball and our offense has a possession, uh, we we know the touchdown ratio as far as every time. I'm going into a game. If we have, you know, eight to ten possessions, uh, we're going to have six to seven uh, opportunities to score. We're going to have six to seven touchdown field goals. I mean, we 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 at that we click at that rate, um, in and out. Then the only thing that can throw you off is short possessions due to turnovers or not even getting a possession because a special teams fumble. Um, and teams have to, after you have to believe after last week, teams have watched that film and they're going to preach. Punch the ball, strip the ball, um, 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 any any you know uh, onside, um, trying to get an extra possession through maybe you know a special team fake field goal, fake punt, all those things have to be um, on your on your radar when you're a Chiefs player because you know that the other team's offense feels like they have to somehow some way create some extra possessions to keep it away from. Pat Mahomes. Sometimes I hate it when we're right. Go back, <laughs> go listen to last week's podcast because it's through the that, whistle. That was prophecy. You got to play through the whistle. This week, it's handling the Sunday night stage against the Indianapolis Colts. He is Sean Barber, ten-year National Football League veteran. I'm Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. Get your cell phones ready. Follow the instructions. Make sure you got the Chiefs app downloaded. Uh, we'll show you what to do. But it is going to be spectacular at Arrowhead on Sunday night. Shop. I'll see you Sunday night. All right. Hashtag light up Arrowhead, baby. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.